Welcome to Relationships as Spiritual Practice, Bridging the Secular and Spiritual, with your host, Lachelle Lowe Chardet, founder of Mindful Compassionate Dialogue and Wise Heart PDX. In this episode, Lachelle shares three fundamental ways for directing attention to shape life in a way that is satisfying, meaningful, and supports your evolution. Welcome. Thank you for being here today with me. Thank you for making a choice to direct your attention to something you believe will enhance, inspire, support your life. And that's our topic for today, directing your attention. Learning to direct your attention is one of the most fundamental spiritual practices, human practices, for shaping your life in a direction that you find joyful, satisfying, and meaningful. As you cultivate this ability to direct your attention more and more in the way that serves your life, you will enjoy the benefits of physical regulation, mental clarity, emotional balance, and spiritual inspiration. It seems like a small thing, but it's a huge thing. I like to take some of these, what we might call magical thinking or new agey concepts, and bring them into the concrete of everyday life. For example, we have this term manifesting. Perhaps when you hear that term, I'm going to man- when someone says, I'm going to manifest a new partner or a new job, you think, oh boy, magical thinking. I'm not into it. But if we own the truth that you are making thousands and thousands of decisions a day, and every little decision you make is shaping your life, then you're manifesting in a very concrete way, in a very mundane way. Every little micro decision you make turns your direction in a particular way. And as you focus your attention, turns your attention in a particular way. And as you focus your attention, you take action in a particular way, right? It's just really simple cause and effect. And so if we really understand that how you direct your attention, moment by moment, shapes your life, right? They add up. It's obvious. It's a simple concept, not complicated. You know it when I say it. You recognize it, of course. The real question, then, is how can you learn to direct your attention in a way that serves your life? 
And then the next underlying question is, what is it that really influences those micro decisions? Or what, you, what can you do to influence them? Obviously, you have trillions of influences on your attention, all sorts of media vying to direct your attention, right? Marketing is attempting to direct your attention. Other people around you want to direct your attention in a particular way that serves them or serves the group or serves your relationship, hopefully. But in the end, you have this astounding gift of choice. You get to choose if you cultivate the capacity to choose, right? If you cultivate enough awareness, mindfulness to choose. So today I want to talk about three specific ways to learn to direct your attention or maybe it would be more accurate to say to help this process of directing your attention function automatically in a way that's satisfying. Let's look at these three. I'll name them first, then we'll go into them in detail. The first is letting peak experiences direct and organize your beliefs, your perceptions, and your decisions. You've had peak experiences, we could call peak spiritual experiences in your life. Maybe they've been profound moments of connection with your own heart, with nature, with another living being. Maybe they've been profound experiences of expansion where you felt yourself to be suddenly expanded and bigger than you've ever known yourself to be before. A spaciousness. Maybe they've been incredible experiences of unity where even if for a moment you cease to be aware of a little I, a little me in there, and you just became all. And it was only upon reflecting back later that you could, of course, say that, right? There are these experiences in which you pop into a different state of consciousness and you see that reality is bigger than what you perceive every day. You know, you have a moment of not just looking at a tree, but you see the vibrancy of the tree. Maybe even you see the light emanating from the tree and you recognize, oh, this is happening all the time. Life is so much more than what I perceive every day. And in a moment of profound connection and clarity, settledness in yourself, you get a glimpse. Ah, 
There's something more. There's something bigger. And of course, it's not, the point is not to live every day in those peak experiences or to pursue them relentlessly because we'd rather be experiencing that brilliance, that communion, that profound connection. Yes, of course, we'd rather that. The more important point is to let those experiences inform your life. To let yourself live deeply from those experiences. That's not easy. It requires revisiting them again and again and again. Writing them down, gleaning, what, articulating as much truth from them as you can. If you've ever attempted to tell someone about a peak experience, you probably notice kind of a sense of deflation. Because your words fail to transmit the beauty or the intensity of the experience you're attempting to explain to someone else. It can be kind of disappointing. And yet, it's important. It's important to try to articulate what you experienced at least to yourself. And that doesn't necessarily mean words. Maybe you do it through images or art or movement. Whatever channel is available to you is what matters. It's an integration process. When you try to express a peak spiritual experience in whatever way you do, that's you integrating that experience so that you might live more fully from the truth of it. And as you do that, you live from your wholeness rather than your suffering. We want to pivot. I recently have been reading a book that uh, my friend Fer Mateo, uh, NBC nonviolent communication trainer in Argentina, recommended. It's called Deeper Than Words by a Catholic monk, Brother David Stendhal Rost who has also had Buddhist, uh, Buddhist practice and training. And he had a wonderful metaphor in his book about those Greek statues that are often, the statues that are standing, they're leaning, their weight is on one foot, and then the other knee is bent, right? So they're leaning into that one hip. And we can think of this pivot living from the truth of what we've glimpsed in a peak spiritual experience, pivoting from living from our suffering to living from the truth is like shifting your weight, right? If, if you were looking at one of those giant statues, those beautiful statues, and it, you saw that it just shifted from one foot to the other, right? That's what we're doing. We're trying to shift our weight and have our center be over and in and rooted from the truth as we know it so far, as we've glimpsed it thus far in our life. 
And when I say the word truth, stay with me, stay grounded with me. My passion is to make the abstract concrete in our world. I don't want to float in the clouds with some idealism or spiritual bypassing. I want to stay here and now and express this truth in our daily life. That's what I'm passionate about. So there's nothing too small. We have a little preschool here where we live. And I may have said this in my last podcast, I can't remember. And this little girl came over to talk to me. And I was excited to talk to her, about five years old. And I started asking her questions like adults will do, right, to get the conversation going. And she just looked at the grass growing around us. I was outside at the time. And she just started to talk about each different type of grass that was right there in front of us. And then she reached out and touched it and noticed the texture of each different type of grass. Oh, this one is soft. I like touching it. Right there, she showed me a truth, the truth of presence. What a gift she gave me in that moment. So simple. Our connection could be that simple. So let the truth be simple for you that you're living from. Let that peak experience be simple. You don't have to leave your body and travel the galaxies for a peak spiritual experience. That's enough. To me, that moment with that little girl was a peak spiritual experience. The moment she directed our mutual attention to the beauty of that grass growing right there in front of us, everything shifted in me, right? And a little bit of brilliance entered the space between us. I became present. So living from these experiences means focusing on them, expressing them, and revisiting them. For me, I have a little, a little tiny journal. It doesn't have a lot of pages in it. It's really small. And in it, I'm very verbal, so I use words and I use calligraphy. I ex- try to express insights and peak experiences in phrases that remind me of the truths that I glimpsed. And every day I read from that little journal. I go through, every day my attention wants to hover on a different phrase or page. And I let that organic process happen. And some days I add things. At other times I write two or three phrases on a little card and I put it in my pocket so that each time I reach into my pocket, put my hands in my pocket, I feel the card, I pull it out and I read it. I review. Ah, this is what I want to live from. Mm. I remind myself to live from those experiences.
so, so important to remind yourself. We're forgetful creatures, I think, in general. Our poor little brains, they can only hold so much. And so reminders are critical. The second thing I want to offer as a practice to learn to direct your attention and to put it on an automatic setting that actually serves your life in a regular way is to set your intention every day. And when I say set your intention, I want to name three ways to do that that I believe are most foundational. I'm going to distinguish setting intention from setting a goal, right? So you might get up at the beginning of the day and say, my goal today is to finish XYZ project. So great, that's your goal for the day. It's something you want to engage in actively and finish. As a start, middle, and end. That's a goal. When I say set your intention every day, I'm really talking about this practice of directing your attention and what intention is going to support and influence your attention in a way that you like and that you enjoy. So three things I want to talk about there. One is the intention to remember who you are. Two is the intention to access something in particular for resourcing throughout the day. And three is the intention to cultivate a particular quality or orientation of consciousness. Remembering who you are. How you define yourself, how you identify yourself is so, so critical to where your attention will flow. You get to decide how to identify yourself and how to define yourself. And because of conditioning, Right? The principle that we are conditioned by our life experiences. You may be experiencing a sense of identity that isn't life-serving. That doesn't direct your attention in a way that you enjoy. Right? An identity from suffering, perhaps. Or from someone who suffers or is limited. Right? Eventually, we want to separate our suffering and our experiences from who we are. We'll talk more about that in a minute. But for now, let's focus on an identity that directs your attention in a way that you would like it to. The simplest way to cultivate a sense of identity that serves you is to keep an active verb in mind or in your expression. An active verb like dedicated to, passionate about. I am someone who is dedicated to cultivating compassion in my life. 
I am someone who is committed to generosity, right? Fill in the blank. I am someone who is passionate about social justice. justice. This use of a verb with your identity is more believable to other parts of your psyche, right? Because our psyches know that we are incredibly fluid and constantly changing beings. That we cannot be pinned down into a static state. And so when we use a verb like that, I am someone who is dedicated to, committed to, passionate about, then there's a way in which that opens the door to identification that a static label may not. On the other hand, if you have something more static that really makes your heart sing, that does open your heart, then use that. For me, I often use, I am made from love, I am held in love, I am born from love, I am love at my center. When I am very centered and grounded, that works well for me. If I have some days where I float away a bit, I'm less grounded, eh, those, those phrases are much less accessible. And I'm much more likely to use a phrase like, I'm someone who cares deeply about love and kindness, cultivating love and kindness in my life. And that makes it easier to access. So set your intention to remember who you are throughout the day and find a way of expressing that to yourself. I'm giving verbal examples, but you might have another way you remember who you are. Through your posture, perhaps, through a particular movement or a particular image. A postural identity might be just straightening and putting your shoulders back and opening your heart center. Feeling your feet rooted in the earth. A physical movement identity might be placing both hands over your heart or opening your arms in an embrace posture or hugging yourself or dancing a little bit. That's identity. The second way of setting your intention that I recommend is deciding how you will resource yourself throughout the day. Resourcing. Resourcing can be like uh, regulation, physical regulation, like taking three deep breaths, right? That's a really common one. That If you have a very consistent breath practice, that might be powerful for you. You're going to move into a relaxed and expanded sense of yourself by doing a particular form of breathing throughout the day in every transition, for instance. If you have scenes of beauty outside your window or maybe 
art inside your home. Maybe you'll have a visual resourcing practice that in every transition you look up and just appreciate beauty, for example. Or maybe you do something physical for resourcing, rubbing your hands together, simple resourcing practice. Stroking your own cheeks is a simple resourcing practice. Rubbing your thighs, especially if you have soft pants on. You can enjoy the texture of your pants. Petting your cat or any animal can be very resourcing. How are you going to resource throughout the day? Set your intention for some little practice you will find resourcing. So, so important. Make that decision at the beginning of every day. Today, what inspires me is and then choose something. It could be in your mind too. I like the more physical or something that uses the five senses. But it could also be Every day I have a, every time I have a moment to pause, I'm going to remember my friend's smile and hug that I received last night. That works too. Okay, the third thing for setting your intention is deciding what you will cultivate. I have a place here uh, in Portland called the Thousand Acre Dog Park that I love to go. I love to watch my dogs and other dogs play. And I love to walk along the river. And there's the smell of the trees, especially the cottonwoods. I like the smell of cottonwood trees. And the river is so beautiful. And I just have a sense of joy and delight when I'm there. And recently I put a photo on my phone of that river. And so when I open my phone to look at something, I see that beautiful photo and I'm reminded of that joy and delight. And so I've been setting my intention every day to remember joy and delight. And I use that photo of the river and the, and the memory of the river as an anchor. I also had a powerful dream of riding my bike along the river and just seeing beautiful scenes and this joy flowing through me. This delight and joy flowing through me in the dream was quite, quite powerful. And so I set my intention to return to joy and delight. To cultivate that sense of joy and delight. I anchor myself there. There are a lot of transition moments in a day. Every time you go to the bathroom is a transition moment. You have to leave your computer screen or whatever you're doing. And you have a moment in which you can do one of these three practices. Remember who you are, do something for resourcing, or accents, access the felt sense that you want to cultivate. There are many, many micro pauses throughout the day for these practices. 
This doesn't have to be something you add to your list. It's just choosing to do something different with the spaces in between. Okay, and the last thing I want to talk about for today is finding gifts from your suffering. And this relates to the first one about shifting identity. As you're on your healing journey with healing, limiting experiences from your life, you're shifting your identity. And the more you glean the gifts from that suffering, the more empowered, obviously, you become. And the more at peace you become with the suffering itself. Obviously, healing work is infinitely complex and varied. I'm not meaning to oversimplify. I'm, I'm inviting you to consider that when something reminds you of a limiting experience in your life or a traumatic experience, you have a choice in that moment. Depending on where you are in your healing work, it feels more or less like a choice, right? But let's imagine for a moment that you've completed a certain amount of healing work. And you're reminded of a memory. In that moment, you ideally have a choice to focus on what you gained from that suffering or how you suffered. The pain of that, to remember the pain of that suffering. For example, I grew up in a home where we were terrorized quite a bit by my poor father who had extreme PTSD and at that time in the world not did not access treatment for it. And so there was a lot of tension in the house and I chose the role, every child chooses some way to adapt or be with the experience, right? I choose the role of attuning to my dad, right? Attuning, where is he? Where, what da like, you know, where are we on the danger level, right? Of his explosion, pre-explosion, or what state are we in? And so I can, even as I talk about it now, I can kind of feel the tension of my childhood. It comes up, right? And right now I have a choice to identify with the suffering of being that tense for that many years. Or to relax my body, recognize that I'm safe here and now. And identify that, ah, I really did learn this skill of attunement. I'm quite good at it, right? My students tell me I'm quite good at it. My friends tell me I'm quite good at it. That the gift I gleaned from the suffering of those days is an incredible empathic ability and the ability to attune minutely to changes in another person's state, emotional state, regulation or dysregulation. And of course, over the years, I've had to refine that, right? From that being an incredibly enmeshed skill or ability 
to being a boundaried skill or ability. And now I leverage it for the benefit of others and can contribute to others. So as you're on your healing journey, to be able to move, to identify each type of limitation and suffering that you experienced and that you're healing from, or perhaps even limitations that you're still experiencing, and acknowledge fully, right, with compassion, the pain of those experiences, continue whatever processing you're in of grieving, integrating, healing, and as you're ready to embrace the lesson that you, the gift that you gained from that. The process is so important because it's not helpful to bypass the grieving and the healing and the road to wholeness, which involves lots of things, becoming angry, finding boundaries, right? So, so many things are involved in the process of healing. We're not rushing that. We don't want to do this, oh, but look how much you learned and kind of bypass stuff. It's not about that. When it's time to look for that, look for that gift and identify your own power, your own capacity that you've cultivated through that suffering. Standing in that power in your life, that beauty you've made of limitation. So let's just summarize and start to close. Learning to direct your intention is quite possibly one of the most important practices you could engage in for your life, to shape your life in a way that's satisfying and meaningful and supports your evolution. And three fundamental ways we talked about shaping that direction for your attention is to reflect on and organize your experience from these profound peak experiences of communion, connection, beauty, whatever it might be, wholeness, unity, to review those, to try to express those, to write those down, organizing your experience from spiritual experiences, number one. Number two, set your intention every day. Set your intention in three ways. Remembering who you are, deciding what resource you will access throughout the day, and deciding what felt sense you would like to cultivate in that day. Is it joy? Is it love? Is it gratitude? Is it releasing and letting go? What is it for you every day? And the last is standing in the gifts that you've received and the power and capacity you've gained from healing through the suffering you've experienced and how you now offer those gifts to others. Thank you so much for being with me on this journey. I'm honored 
by your presence and your attention. And I'm radiating love from my heart to yours. You can find free resources and information about Wise Heart's live offerings and self-paced workshops online at www.wiseheartpdx.org. You can also connect with Wise Heart on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube, or by emailing info at wiseheartpdx.org.